This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Back to the Dynasty Download. I'm Tom Duncan. Ethan Hamilton. I'm so glad that you forgot your other part of your intro. I didn't forget it. I'm just, it's just, it is what it is. All right. So we're going to do a simple game just for the off season, um, trying to figure out um, how to do this stuff. So if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, Simple stack up, stack down uh, for certain players or hold uh, since the beginning of the off season. So, I think this might be an easy one, but it's a good one to start with. DeAndre Hopkins, stock up, stock down, or hold? Um, now, DeAndre Hopkins, he's my dude. Um, he's my wide receiver one. Yes, um, I would say that – I would say it's about the same. That's, it's about a horse apiece. Um, he already was – I personally think he already was a top three wide receiver in the league. I think he still is a top three wide receiver in the league. It's not like anybody's eating targets away from him in Arizona, too. If anything, he's got a younger quarterback. Maybe that'll hinder him a little bit, but I still think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. He's just going to get a lot of targets in general. Because, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald isn't getting any younger. Christian Kirk is what it, who he is. Um, I think his stock stays the same. So I think if I remember right, and I was reading this the other day, um, that – uh, Arizona threw at one of the highest rates in the league, and Houston was middle of the pack. So while I would agree with you that it would take a lot for his stock to go up, um, I don't think he's dropped off necessarily in quarterback talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyler Murray is um, comparable to Sean Watson. Watson just has a little bit of experience and um, results in the league so far. Yeah. He's just been around longer. Exactly. So, um, but if it's, if he gets even a few more targets, I would say that's stock up that he's at least locked into that top spot or, you know, would be one of the top three guys. Whereas, you know, he could be interchangeable with a couple of other guys. I think he's in a better position just from a, a genuine offensive standpoint. I mean, maybe his target or his touchdowns might go. I just, I just don't know how you can get much better than what he's been doing. Uh, maybe I'm just a little on the cautious side about it. I, because I already think he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. I think he'll just stay where he's at. So yeah, we're we're saying about the same thing. Right. I, again, his ceiling is already. You know, I don't know how much bigger he can get than he's currently gotten, but. If he's going to do it, it's going to be in a place where his target, not necessarily his target share, but the amount of targets, his volume might be up. I mean, he still had 150 targets last year, you know, 104 catches, but But yeah. Arizona threw like 450 passes. Yeah. Like, and that's crazy. And they're running young... four wide receiver sets on just about every play. I, it's just, they're going to throw the ball a lot and they're likely to be behind because that defense isn't great either. Mm-mm. So, you know, the, his, his ability to, um, be in these gunslinger games is 
going to be there. So, all right. Uh, the flip side of that uh, big offseason trade, David Johnson, stock up or stock down? <laughs> um, I'd say maybe it goes up a little bit more because there's not really anything. There's nothing around him in Houston. There's nothing around him that I think will eat into what they're, what he's trying to do. I think he'll get um, more receiving targets than he probably would have gotten in Arizona. I'm not huge on David Johnson anyway, just because his injuries and uh, he's not getting any younger. Um, if anything, he holds, but I think it goes up a little bit. You've already said it. So Arizona was not going to give him the opportunity. He's going to a place where he's going to be the lead back. I don't see how over the last couple of years where his numbers have kind of dropped off or he's been ineffective um, in some regards, how his stock is anything but up. And we already know that like a Carlos Hyde, who was basically a fill-in RB2 last year, could be productive. I think David Johnson has enough talent to actually still be um, a three-down back for a team that needs a number one guy. So I still have him firmly in my... Uh, a top 10 projection by the end of the year. Um, I don't know at long-term value, but at least for this year, I think he's um, got that ability. Yeah, that's been uh, an, ar- that's been an argument you and I have had this whole podcast was we both disagree pretty heavily on David Johnson, but I think he landed in a better spot than, than he was in Houston. And I think they're going to run him until he, that he can't run anymore because what do they have to lose? Well, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money to be the guy now, and they just made a major trade to get him. So they're going to be giving him the ball. It's a matter of, like, you know, how much he's going to get the ball and whether he can stay healthy, which I don't don't think he's going to have a problem staying healthy personally, but, you know, because most of his injuries have been weird or freaky. But, uh, all right. Uh, Stack up, stack down. We kind of already talked about this. Delvin Cook. Um, I honestly, I think his stock goes up. Are we talking like if he shows up and he's there week one, ready to roll right now from the beginning of the off season to right now? (laughs) Well, then his stock obviously went down because he's holding out, but I guess I'm going to talk about it as if he's not holding out. Um, if he comes back and he, they figure out this contract situation, um, I think his stock goes, uh, up, uh, one, because they got rid of Stefan Diggs. Um, yes, they did replace Stefan Diggs with a Justin Jefferson, but we I've talked about it before. It takes a little bit for rookie wide receivers to get into the flow of things, get into the flow of the offense. Um, so I think that'll add more targets for him uh, reception-wise earlier on in the season. Um, and I, Delvin Cook is so freaking good. Like, um, uh, If he was to stay healthy, I think he'd have a better year than last year because you know he got hurt towards the end of the year. What, he missed like two games, three games, something like that? Um, yeah. so if he comes back and he's ready to go stock up for me, um, obviously though, he's holding out. So I guess the politically correct answer would be stock down. So maybe we should change the segment to buy, sell or hold, um, <laughs> just so it's a little bit more accurate, but I'm holding, um, first off, I don't think he can get much better than he did last season. Yeah. Other than finishing the year with injury free. So, like, if he had an entire year. But part of the thing for him was already baked into the cake that you assume he's going to miss a couple of games. He's just not, 
for whatever reason, his uh, availability is always going to be in question as far as I'm concerned. The only other consideration is is um, all of this talk now for the offseason. But that's all it is. It's talk. Unless he's going to like not miss a game. Once we start getting into preseason and there's camp and he's not coming, then I might start to uh, sell a little bit on my um, Delvin Cook stock. But um, right now, I'm not buying. I'm not doing. I'm not selling. I'm holding. You gotta because hold because there's there's no new information. Right. You gotta hold too because if I was to try to trade him, I am not gonna get nearly what he's worth. Not even close. Oh God, no. So, so like my only option is to hold. You know what I mean? So uh, you wait it out. Maybe you try to get his handcuff if uh, the owner of his handcuff isn't being too ridiculous and you can work something out. But um, who knows? I think that they might be uh, (laughs) killing or take a venture on that one. But ultimately, um, you know, again, talk is cheap until you hire a lawyer. Mm -mm. So, I mean, we'll see. all right. I we've talked to we talked about it yesterday. I don't think he has the leverage to do what he's trying to do, but you know, good on him. Go get your money, man. I can't fault him until he starts missing games. Yeah. So, all right. Um Todd Gurley. Ooh, that's a that one's tough. Um That one's tough. Uh, he goes to Atlanta. It's a good situation because there's there's really there's nobody there that he's fighting carries for, um, but I guess the question is, do I really want him? <laughs> um, is I think I guess his stock goes up compared to what it. So you're buying. Compared to what it was last year, I mean, there's not that many, there's not as many mouths to feed in the backfield, and I guess I just don't know what the game plan is with him. So. I'm definitely buying Todd Gurley stock. Yeah. Offering it because it's at its lowest possible point. Yeah. No one's going to believe in him. No one's going to take him uh, completely seriously. And I think it's a good, effective offense that's going to need a power running back. And you know he's getting the goal line carries. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's not going to need to be the guy in that offense they're going to rotate but he's going to get the goal line carries and he's going to be effective so if you need him to be an rb2 or a flex i think it's possible unless he has a knee issue and at that point it's baked in the risk factor for what he could potentially get so if you're in a redraft situation or whatever else and you're picking in the sixth seventh round why not take a flyer on him because if he has a surplus year he stays healthy he's on the field we know he can be effective. That's never been the question. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, I'm trying to look. Oh, yeah, their backup running back is Ito Smith. So, yeah, I mean. Like, Brian Hill. Yeah, I mean, the backfield is his. Like, it's it's his to lose. So They're going to rotate for yardage, and I don't know if he's going to be catching as many balls as he used to. He's never going to be an RB1. No, but can not he be anymore. an effective flex player that you take as a flyer? Sure. And you're not going to get that kind of running back value that late in the draft most of the time. So it's currently holding him. And part of it is if I were him, I would probably hold uh, that. But if you give me the opportunity to buy low, that's that's where I'm going. 
So. I can agree with that. I I think you talked to me into a solid buy. I I was already leaning kind of towards buy, but I feel good about. I'd feel good about it if you have him, yeah, or if you want him. You're right, absolutely. His value is not going to be as as low as it is right now. You got to go out. You got to get as much of him as you can if you can, because the uh, the risk outweighs the reward. I think for what you're going to pay for him. Well, exactly. It's yeah. kind of baked in. Yeah. And that's what I. Those are the stocks that I love. Yeah. But all right. Yep. Very uh, good point. Wolf, Will Fuller the fifth. Will Fuller. I mean, his stock has gone has gone way up. Like he, his stock has gone huge up. You know, now that uh, New Hopkins isn't there anymore, like I guess he he rotates into that number one spot. Um, did they pick up another wide receiver in the off season? Not really. No, I I don't think so. Um, so yeah, yeah, his stock went way up. So I'm buying. So he is on my team. I'm selling. Really? Well, yeah, you if you yeah. So I uh, and here's just my thinking. The guy cannot stay healthy. If he is healthy, that is a good productive offense. Like the difference when they were talking about it last year when he was playing versus when he wasn't playing is enormous to that offense cuz he stretches the field. Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly effective wide receiver and Deshaun Watson loves him. But if you're expecting me to bank on him being healthy, I can't do it. He has had so many soft tissue injuries, and those are recurring ones that I, I just cannot um, buy into. So yeah. on the he's never played. A, he's never is, played a full season. He's never played a full season. I don't think he's played more than like six games in a row. I mean, rookie year he played in fourteen games. Next year, ten, seven, eleven. Like. Yeah. When he's there, he's going to be a benefit. But ultimately, if I can cash out on him having the opportunity and somebody wanting to take a shot at it, even as a potential flyer, I think it's worth it because I don't know what his availability is from any given week. Like we saw his peak last year when he hit that 50 to 60 point game and he had like six touchdowns or whatever crazy number it was. But uh, then he went right back down. So you you have no idea what you're going to get from him in any particular week. So uh, Adam Thielen. I mean, his stock went up now that Diggs is gone. Um, yeah, if I have him, I'm looking to I'm looking to get rid of him because I don't think his value gets too much higher than what it's at right now. Um, I definitely. Yeah, he's. He's what we've talked about this before. He's like 31, 32. He's a he's an older he's an older wide receiver. Um, well, yeah, it took a while for him to break into the league. Um, yeah, I'm not so age on his player uh, profile, but um, yeah, I want to say he's in his 30s. But yeah, given the the situation, they did the numbers. When one of those two was missing, either Diggs or Thielen, the other one did significantly better. So his effectiveness for this one year is going to be there, and I really don't have a problem in a redraft situation taking him. But if you're expecting a long term, like as far as my team is going, if I'm going into rebuild mode, he and Will Fuller are two guys that I'm uh, actively shopping. Right. He will be. He's going to be a wide receiver too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think he has a pretty good year because um you know he's the elder statesman now um 
in that wide receiver room. Um, he's going to be 30 when the season starts, though, and you know his. I feel like he's he's the next two years are probably going to be the last of the great years for him, because um, so, then Jefferson will be coming along more, and that's going to be the guy um, of the future right. in Minnesota. So, I um, was it Jefferson or I. Th- I thought Jefferson went to the Rams. Justin Jefferson? No, yeah. he went to the Vikings. The LSU kid. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of um, the other kid that, from Florida that you loved. Van Jefferson. Yeah. So um, I would agree that Um, they're a one productive wide receiver, one tight end group with how much they run the football right now. Um, As far as fantasy value, they're they're a run first team um, as currently constituted, which, you know, that's fine. Um, I've even thought, and I I had this trade idea in my head last night, of potentially packaging uh, Thielen and like a fourth pick next year uh, to Allen for whomever he takes at number one. Wait, repeat that. So the number or Thielen and a fourth round pick for whomever he takes at one. To Ike? Yeah. Interesting. Because I I think the the value for this first year, if you have a team together, um, he's only going to be a benefit to your overall um, roster benefit. And again, I'm at that knife's edge where there are a couple of guys I'd like to keep or hold on to, but I'm not married to keeping anyone in person. And if you can give me two top five uh, running backs out of the draft plus my two second round picks, I think it's a value that where uh, I'm getting a lot of value out of this current draft, which is supposedly deep. And it probably won't benefit me in the short term this year, but by next year, um, I'm looking at a team that might be in a, a better contending spot. So. I can understand that. Yep. All right. Um, Austin Hooper. Where did he go? He went to Cleveland, right? Yes. He is now the – they signed him to a big contract. Uh, this is stupid. I I think it goes down. There's, oh, he you goes know what? His... I forgot something in our uh, Will Fuller debate. Uh, they traded for Brandon Cooks. I was going to say, they did get somebody. I felt like they got somebody. I completely forgot that. I felt like they got somebody. Um, Yeah. I'm not huge on Brandon Cooks anyway. Like, I never have Well, that's another guy that's speed dude. Yeah. Right. He's filling that Will Fuller role, but... Uh, or that stretch the field speed, but his health is the biggest question at this point. Both of them, yeah. Um... Who are we talking about? Hooper. Um, I think his stock goes down. I wasn't huge on it anyway. I was kind of super surprised that he was getting so much talk um, through all of free agency anyway. Um, well, he was the number one fantasy tight end through like 11 weeks last year. So, But he was with Matt Ryan, right? Yes. Yeah, and Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. Um, I think um, – in Cleveland, he's going to a place where there's so many more mouths that need to be fed. Um, I don't think that helps him very much at all. Um, 
So I would say st- his stock went down and I'm selling. Yeah. If you can get anybody to buy that right now, I think of that as a junk bond because you're already competing with Landry, Odell Beckham, Hunt, uh, Chubb, um, and you've got Baker Mayfield throwing you the football. I think Mayfield has a bounce back year, but yeah. Like, we, we, we do these fantasy things um, half the time, and this is why I like football as a challenge more than any other. Like, baseball is an individual sport uh, masquerading itself as a team sport. And even basketball, to a certain extent, has a lot of that ability because LeBron single-handedly took several teams to the finals by himself, basically. So your your ability to uh, bank on an individual player is much higher in every other sport. This is the one where you have to have 11 guys working in concert for you to have a valuable year. And, you know, quarterback has a huge play on his receivers and vice versa which has an effect on, you know, tight ends, running backs. Your offensive line needs to be good. And if you're in certain situations because your defense uh, gives up like 30 points a game and you have to throw, that dramatically affects how many points you're uh, inevitably going to be putting up. So, you know, there's just a few of those pieces. And I think movement around you affects how you're going to do just as much as anything else. But yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. It's about the same. I would say they they didn't really add offensive wide receiver weapons for him to use. Um, I would say we probably stayed around the same at tight end too. I don't feel like we lost anything with Jimmy Graham. Um, Yeah. He'll stay about the same. Uh, Maybe a little bit up because he'll have, a year completed in that offense and the whole off season um, with that offense too. Um, but then again, you, I say that, and then that pandemic is happening now too. So you don't know what type of off season team drills and stuff will happen as well to be able to get comfortable with his wide receivers. But I'd say it stays about the same. I'm selling his long-term value. Can't be no. uh, very high. And they're focusing more on being a running first football team, especially how they drafted. So, and he is getting pushed by another guy who they're already talking about Jordan Love coming in for like specialty packages. Um, Like kind of how... Who's who's talking about that? There are a bunch of beat writers for the Packers talking about Jordan Love coming in and doing like um, Wildcat-esque running packages with the Packers. I've never, I haven't seen any of that. I think it's just talk in the offseason to get a narrative going because, you know, it's the same thing with cable news. You have to create a controversy or something else in order to have something to talk about. But, yeah, I'm just overall, I can't see his numbers getting all that much better than he currently is. And um, like he had an okay year last year, but he's still relying heavily on Devontae Adams to be the guy. So, okay. Yeah, it's about the same, I'd say. Deshaun Watson. Uh, That one goes down immensely. Uh, He lost, like we said, a top three wide receiver in this league. Um, Didn't really gain that much back. Brandon Cooks. um, Yeah, his stock went down. 
So he's a running quarterback. We've I've already established that as far as the fantasy quarterbacks, I think there are five guys that are mobile that um, are going to be near the top of the league. I, I don't think he slides outside the top ten. He's still going to be a top ten starter. But it's a question of, you know, does he slide out of that top five? Probably. Um, because there have been some questionable moves around him. He's lost uh, Hopkins, which is always going to be a, a big problem. And he's basically gotten two um, unreliable health receivers. Yeah. So I, I can't see it going up. But also, if people are going to tell me that he's going to be like they'd rather have Tom Brady, um, hell no. That, that just doesn't make sense. Maybe for this uh, one year. I still think for this, for the overall value or the long-term value, like I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than Josh Allen. I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than Carson Wentz. I'd rather have him than Matt Ryan, but I don't think he slides below that. You said Carson Wentz again. (laughs) Yes, it did. Intentionally. Rent-free. He's in your head rent-free for some odd reason. No, he's not in there. It's a troll job. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I, I know I can I can just poke that soft spot for you. That's not a soft spot. It's a soft uh, spot for you. Uh, uh, Michael Gallup. Oh man, that one. You know, before the draft, I would have said that his stock was was some really nice stock to buy in this offseason. You know, getting a offensive mind like Mike McCarthy in there. And then they went and drafted C.D. Lamb. And I think that that puts a huge cap on what he was trying to do or what he was could have been able to accomplish this, this, this year. Um, shit, that sucks. So I would say it probably went down. I wouldn't even hold that. I would probably try to get rid of it. If I, if I had him, I would try to get what I could for him. Okay. Three of his, this was uh, three of his four games in December. Uh, December fifth, six catches on ten targets for 109 yards. December 22nd, five catches on 11 targets for 98 yards. December 29th, five catches, seven targets, 98 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, and then they went and got C.D. Lamb. <laughs> if you're expecting C.D. Lamb to take his number two spot. I, I don't buy it. No, I'm also, not saying he's going to be on the field just as much because nobody runs more three wide receiver sets than a Mike McCarthy offense. I'm so, not saying that C.D. Lamb is going to take um, his spot by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying, though, is C.D. Lamb is good enough to eat into those targets. Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper. He's going to get his no matter what. Because he, I feel like he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in this entire football league. Amari Cooper is really fucking good, um, and so then the target the the target share has to come from someone. And if it's going to come from either um, Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup, I'm going to put my money on Michael Gallup. So his targets are going to come down. Zeke Elliott is still a part of this offense, so they're still going to run the ball a lot. Yes, that offensive line isn't as good as it used to be. Like the, you know, when everyone was talking about the big bad Cowboys and that offensive line. And right. then what's his face? Travis Frederick just retired this offseason, too. Well, right? Tyron Smith can't stay healthy. His back right. is. Right. He's shot. getting, yeah. But 
at the end of the day, like it's still Zeke Elliott. Um, they still have Pollard then as as a change of pace back. Not really a change of pace, but you know what I mean. Um, a back as well. So they're not going to just go away from running the football. There's only so many snaps in a game that you can get. So I think that Michael Gallup's target share, um, his production is going to go down noticeably. That's just how I feel on it. He's a hold candidate for me. I... I'm not comfortable because I don't know what that situation is going to be right, right I now. I can understand that. Yep, I can understand And that. I think he played well enough, but he, uh, again, I would agree with you that it's uh, it's kind of a wait-and-see position for me. You know, that's a reevaluate once we have some actual um, game situation to play off of. Absolutely. Yeah, I can understand holding on to – because you want to see – no one wants to be the guy to give up the guy – where you panicked too quickly and it's like, shit, and just gave him uh, one for done nothing. I've that enough times. Right. In my exactly. Practice. Like nobody wants to be that guy. So I can get we, the whole, we all have that one guy that we let go of too soon. But then you also have that one guy that you hold on to too long. Corey Davis. Fuck you, Corey Davis. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those things, you know, and I, that's what makes dynasty so fun. So I can understand holding on to him, but I just think, uh, I don't want to overthink it. I, I don't want to overthink it. So I think his stock goes down. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, his stock goes down, not because of anything we did in the offseason. I don't think A.J. Dillon is going to like eat, take away monster carries from Aaron Jones. But I do think that what he did last year was so incredible that I just don't know if he could be able to do it again. And I don't think his value is going to be as high as it is right now. Like, you got to get rid of him. You have to. You, you, it, all right. You're not going to undersell him, but I am selling as quickly as humanly possible. Yep. Number one, he is going into a contract year and there's no way he's going to get paid. It just, it, there's no sense for it. And that's why the Packers drafted the way they did, because it makes sense. And I talked about it before the draft that they should pick a halfback because they're going to need to replace him and Jamal Williams. So even if he does re-sign with Green Bay, um, you know, how much of the carries? Because uh, A.J. Dillon's there for a reason. The other part of it is, uh, you said it exactly, last year was a peak. There's no way he, because um, as much as he had in the receiving game, and as much as he was um, rushing the football, his biggest thing is is he had 18 touchdowns. Yeah. There's no way you yeah. can have that yeah. kind of touchdown. You're going to have regression. So even if he falls to um, 10 touchdowns, you're wiping off 48 points from his overall for the year, and that puts him in, like, RB2 category. Yeah. So he had, he, had 19, he had 19 touchdowns. He had 16 rushing, three receptions. I mean, he did have 68 targets, um, but he he had 236 attempts too. That's not a that's not a huge amount of rushing attempts. Um, he was just so productive, and he's not a Ladanian Tomlinson. He's not no. a Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, or something like that, where he's going to just stack mega touchdown years over and over and over again. Um, you got to it's like the stock market. You got to sell this while it's as high as it is right now. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. Um, like, if you're going to maximize your value if you trade him now, you hold him any longer, 
there's no way you're going to get. It's going to hurt. I get it. It's going to hurt. Like nobody wants to trade or one of your favorite running backs in the entire league on your favorite team, like doing the things that he's doing. Like no one wants to do that, but right, for the so sake of your team, you got to. Here's what I'm looking at. And we, we've discussed this before and I doubt Danny is ever going to listen to this podcast, but mm. his team right now reminds me of both of those Marlins teams that won the World Series, <laughs> that they just had a confluence of certain players come together and like they were a scrappy small market team and then they immediately fire sailed everybody because they weren't going to hold the team together. Like Austin Eckler's value is never going to be higher. Aaron Jones's value is never going to be higher. Uh, Jameis Winston's already a backup quarterback. Yeah, that's uh, James crazy. White lost his quarterback. Um, that's crazy. Andrews and Darren Waller are fine, but Philip Lindsay is now a backup. That's crazy, though. Think about that. Like Jameis Winston scored him four hundred and five fantasy points last year. I know he was. And he's a backup. In fantasy quarterback. And he's a backup now. That's crazy. Yep. I didn't even think about that. So, like, but Winston was scoring him, like, 50 points in the playoffs last year because they were just constantly throwing the ball. Damn. And that was with Mike Evans and Godwin out. You know, so, but he, like, does, he, he does have two picks in the first and two picks in the second, though. So I know, and I understand. And he's got high picks. Uh, well, he's got the third overall in the 10th, and then he's got the uh, 13th and the 20th. But even so, um, so he can reload – he really needs to start looking at like fire sailing certain portions of the team because yeah. I don't see long-term uh, ability beyond a couple of uh, things here or there. Just my advice. I, yeah. he, frankly, uh, he can do whatever he wants. He was the champ last year. So, you know, You're take damn it. Right he was. Yeah. But outside of maybe uh, Andrews, Waller, McLaurin, and maybe Diggs, I, there isn't anybody on here that, well, maybe Landry, but I think Landry maybe over overperformed last year. So I don't know. I there's just something in me that says you need to like fire sale certain guys and see what you can get back so you can like build a stronger team. You had a you had a weird year where everything came together at just the right way. So well, let's see. When in our little make believe mock draft that we did before with Ben, we gave Danny. Cam Akers and Henry Ruggs and Brandon Ayuk, which would actually be a pretty good pick now, and then Chase Claypool, and then he got Tua in the third round. So I mean, he could still he could still piece together a pretty decent squad um, with some draft picks that he's got if they hit. We think they're going to do what they what. So he's in a decent spot. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to get rid of those guys and get even more draft picks like you could rebuild this team and make it like a perennial powerhouse for years to come with just a couple of quick trades like he's got a lot of potential on this oh certainly and that's why i'm saying but he just has to strike yeah he's got to play it right yeah and i between you and me i just don't think he will i don't know but then again his strategy worked out last year so how much can i really criticize yeah you're right he beat me in the championship he's the champ so, um, all right. I don't have too many more on here. I'm just kind of looking through 
certain rosters, but I think that's it. Do you have any um, other major ones that you can think of? Hold on. I'm going through some rosters now, too. I mean, we could do some weird ones like Devontae Freeman, but, like, you know, what's the overall value of that? And some certain guys are probably their price point is about accurate, but. Well, here's one that because you brought him up a couple of times because um, I'm on Ben's squad. Nick Chubb. Let me oh. ask you. You're going to hold a, on to him? Well, it's no, I mean, as far as I'm not buying, his I'm not selling. Yeah. I think his value is about right. Um, he's not, so uh, of the backs in the league right now that I'd want ahead of him. So Barkley, Elliot, McCaffrey, Cook. Yeah, I mean the last, what? There may be five or six guys I'd want ahead of him, Max. Last three or four games, like like when it when it talks to him or Camara, just because of the PPR value, I'd probably take Camara. But after that, like I'd rather have Nick Chubb than Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, then then you're talking about a uh, a couple of rookie running backs, maybe or uh, something else. But like I'm not putting those against a guy that uh, clearly has value. I don't think like. When Kareem Hunt came back, you arguably could have said Nick Chubb was a top three guy, but um, his numbers dropped off. So I want to see more of the long term effect of somebody like Kareem Hunt really coming in and taking all of the receiving away from him. And if that turns him into like a Jordan Howard RB2 value, then we can reevaluate. But for right now, I'm just holding his stock and seeing what happens for the first, you know, month. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is the Browns are now, uh, you saw Kareem Hunt has been doing Zoom meetings and stuff with the wide receivers. They're talking about him being their third wide receiver. Yeah. So, last interesting. one, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. I feel like that one's pretty easy, right? I feel like that stock went mega down the day that Tom Brady left. I'm actually buying. Really? I'd so, and it's for one hear. very simple reason. Your your price point's going to be baked in that it's extremely low. It's kind of like the Todd Gurley discussion where everybody's going to assume uh, that his value is going to be really down. So you're going to get him for a very um, good value. And I still think he's going to be, who else are they going to target? Like there's nobody on that team. So you maybe talk about uh, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, that's the only other guy I can think of. But he's not a underneath slot target guy that's reliable. And it's not like he's changing offenses. So if he's healthy, I still think he's probably going to get targeted over 100 times in that offense. It's just that the ball gets there or not. He's going to be flex value that you're buying at bench depth stash. I could see that. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be messing around with it at all, but I can understand where your argument comes from. Just from pure target share alone. His long-term value is not there, but if you're midway through the season or like you get through the first month and you just want an extra depth play, 
um, seeking him out for an extra third round pick is probably good value. No, for sure. I can understand that. Yeah. I understand your evaluation and where you're coming from. I just know that I'm not going to, I want no part of Julian. (laughs) Wow. Fair enough. So, all right, that's probably a good place to cut it for uh, this one. Uh, Any thoughts on kind of just doing this uh, as an overall segment going forward? I liked it. It was fun. We got a lot of run out of it, too. Well, you and I usually don't have a problem coming up with (laughs) talk about. So, all right. But uh, thanks, everybody. Um, Hopefully we'll be back uh, soon. We'll try and come up with a few other ones to kind of discuss. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think there's probably about five or six more that I could uh, name from this point. But uh, maybe we'll hit you guys up next weekend or ne- next weekend, next week. Um, but uh, otherwise, have a great week, everybody. And that is your dagger. That's all for this week, and please uh, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the new podcast on the Tom Duncan Network, as it's currently being called. Um, That'll help everybody else find the podcast, and that uh, we continue to help uh, provide you winning opportunities on your fantasy teams, hopefully get you interested in this new type of uh, fantasy football. Uh, Until next time, thanks, and have a great evening. Thank you.